So, ladies and gentlemen, that means we are recording. And we are nearing the end of our epic, however many part, <laughs> discussion on horror films. Uh, Encik Muzaffar Shah Hanafi, adakah anda masih bersama dengan kami? Are you still good? We will accept it. After uh, a long break from podcasting, I, I think we have a lot of material and a lot of things to say about this very special uh, episode which is very close to heart especially for me so, yeah yeah alright mm. yeah it was great um, just so you guys know um, the suggestion to do this um, whole series of uh, horror podcast episodes and whatnot sebenarnya datang daripada saudara Muz untuk uh, berbicara mengenai hal ini alright so Alright, thank you for that bro It's been fulfilling thus far But it's not complete Until we talk about Our homeboys Alright Our home country Alright Tanah tumpahnya darahku Alright Where We Will be tackling Horror films in Malaysia Ladies and gentlemen Alright um, Just very briefly uh, From the start at least Okay uh, Banyak uh, Film horror um, Yang nama-nama dalam uh, dia telah ditebitkan di Malaysia uh, In the 50s and 60s right? Uh, some in the 70s as well uh, Kita tengok daripada tajuk film tu pun Kita dah tahu dah This is something that's very interesting about horror films right? For me personally You don't really have to be very so um, Very so creative lah You don't have to be very creative What's going on in my English lah? um, Kita tidak perlu berfikir panjang sangat Tentang Judul-judul dan tajuk Yang diberikan kepada Film-film horror ni right? um, <coughs> The list I have in front of me right now Aku cakap the list pun kau dah Tuan-tuan dan perempuan Aku nak kata korang tadi ha, Korang ingat lah ha, Korang dah tahu dah Cerita yang tak apa right? Ruh Membela Daripada B.N. Rao um, Who also directed Pontianak uh, Dendam Pontianak Sumpah Pontianak uh, Serangan Orang Minyak and uh, Pontianak Gua Musang So he's basically cornered the market there Bagi film-film Pontianak sebagainya Piramli also got in on the act right? He made um, Sumpah Orang Minyak Okay uh, Sorry yang tadi I think I said Sumpah Orang Minyak um, B.N. Rao made Serangan Orang Minyak And Piramli said sum- uh, Made Sumpah Orang Minyak So uh, We see a lot of Orang Minyak there Very oily people uh, so to speak uh, He also made Piramdi that is Si Tora Harimau Jadian M. Amin menerbitkan Harimau Jadian As well as Puaka And Puaka is also the title of another film Made four years later uh, Puaka, the, the first Puaka by M. Amin Was made in 1970 Tahun 1974 Omar Rojik Dia, Beliau mengarahkan film Puaka juga right? So we, we like that kind of stuff So much so that we Use the same title within four years, um, but the glory years, so to speak, it was definitely in the in the fifties. Right? Um, within I think um, quite a number of ni, um, within I think three or four years, we we see more than ten horror films being produced. Which in, in more modern context, you think ah, tak lah ni sangat kan, right? But the fact is, 
it, it represents a fairly high percentage, right? So it says something. Um, uh, Moz, have you seen any of these films? Wow. <laughs> uh, oh. uh, I have to, like, uh, to spiritually when back, go back to my uh, archive. I think I, 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 think I watched some of the films back when I was a kid, yeah. Hmm. Yep. Uh, I think I think uh, I watched the Ramli version. Yeah, I think the, some of the not more than ten. I would say not more than ten. I've watched. I've watched not more less than ten of the film that being listed on the guide. <coughs> yeah, there, there there are actually a number of me. Um, Sumpahan Sumpah Orang Minyak was Piramlis. Um. And then there was Orang Minyak itself, which was directed by L. Krishnan. Okay. Uh, I mentioned earlier, Serangan Orang Minyak, Arahan B. N. Rao. And there's another one, Orang Licin, <laughs> Slippery Man, also directed by B. N. Rao. Now, not exactly the, the same, how can I say this, the same um, concepts and whatnot, but still, uh, Slippery, Oily, it, it all comes together. Right? So... Um, why do you think uh, orang minyak ni macam menjadi satu uh, faktor yang penting? We look at Pontianak, I can see where that's coming from. Okay, banyak kita boleh samakan dengan negara lain. Tapi orang minyak ni macam almost, it's almost like an exclusively Malaysian thing. Why? And it's exclusively, yeah? Yeah, sorry. Uh, okay, kalau kita tengok dekat list ni, all the, most of the orang minyak film, all these orang minyak series, being produced in the same year, right? I mean, I'm talking about what, one, two, three, four. Four films being made by Orang Minyak and all four being uh, released in 1958. Mm. I'm talking about four films in the same year, man. 57, 58, uh, uh, yeah. I think this must be something to do with the, uh, like, uh, uh, the, the current issue in that time. I think was uh, during this time. If I'm mistaken, my my late grandmother used to tell me that uh, back in the fifties, the Malaya mother to be case rogol, case rogol, uh, the serial rapist where the serial rapist uh, wandered around the night, raped a virgin, and one of the way and he marked this one mark his victim by uh, painting like a, like sketching an X in the on the inner type of his victims hmm. and and the X is basically uh, oil hmm. and there's a thing, uh, there's a myth or like rumors spreading around in the time. Uh, where this oramina is uh, or is or was whatever. Uh, it's a shaman you know Harus meet the requirement of raping like uh, how many virgin in order for him to uh, to reach this invisibility this invisible level so it's, I think it's quite uh, it's quite it's quite it's quite a news uh, 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 the, 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 the studio during that time I think they realised this uh, the <laughs> The value or the, the market uh, value of this uh, of this uh, this this uh, national uh, 
Yeah, absolutely. Tapping into the horror of uh, uh, tapping into the fears of the populace and the population at the time. So, absolutely. I mean, aku tak tahu tentang itu. And but now that you say, it makes complete sense because uh, the very same concept is being played out in these films over and over and over again, and it became a very popular thing. Um, so I guess in that regard, mungkin kita dapat menggambarkan sedikit sebanyak apa yang kita rasa takut. This highlights once again the 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 contradicting elements of horror. I mean, the thing is, we're scared of this kind of stuff, right? We were scared of rapists and and all this this, this kind of um, evil things and creatures and whatnot. Um, but put it on film, you know, put it on screen, and it becomes the most popular thing ever. So, ini satu. Uh, sesuatu yang agak menarik dan at the same time aneh agak lah kalau kita fikirkan secara lebih mendalam uh, we're scared but we're not scared at the same time so there you go so that's the older horror films right? we move a lot closer towards the modern era uh, di mana ada beberapa buah filem horror yang telah ditebitkan a lot of them um, uh, within the past 10 years or so uh, I'm thinking more films macam Pontianak Harum Sundal Malam um, filem Dukun Film Jangan Pandang Belakang dan Film Kurafat. Uh, have you seen any of these films? Hmm, pasti. Uh, aku dah tengok Jangan Pandang Belakang. Lepas aku tengok lagi. Right. I I saw all all the Dukun actually is kind of a trick question. I, I put it here sebab Dukun is a film that was made by Dan Said and is not going to be released ever um, as it stands. Uh, For for certain reasons, for politically related reasons on on some level and professionally related rela- reasons on another level, uh, but the fact is, it becomes one of those films that is actually, uh, to be honest with you, aku rasa film tu sebenarnya agak penting sebab film tu memang wujud cuma kita tak boleh tengok dan film itu penting kerana ianya salah satu uh, film yang agak jarang kita nampak iaitu sebuah filem horror berdasarkan sesuatu yang memang betul-betul telah berlaku. So uh, of course I'm not saying that it's actually based on uh, Mona Fendi and what not, right? But uh, I can't I have to say that if you watch that film kita it's quite difficult for people to watch that film I think without uh, connecting certain plot points with real life events. And that's the interesting thing about that. I, we rarely see that in, in a very direct way. Biasa kita nampak macam pasal Pontianak Harum Sundar Malam. You know? You, you're... It's a Pontianak story. You know what I mean? You, you cannot link it to something that you know for sure happened in real life. You can only link it to somebody else's story ataupun atau nenek aku kata ni atau kawan aku kata ni atau sekali um, aunty aku nampak ni and what not. Beyond that, beyond the folk tales, kita tak ni sangat. So, that for me, that's the reason why I included Dukun in this list. It's one of those key films. Walaupun kau dan aku dan ramai orang lain, termasuk mungkin anda yang sedang mendengar kepada podcast kami pada waktu ini, uh, tidak akan dapat peluang, at least for now, untuk menonton film tersebut. So, that's that. What about um, Pontianak Harum Sundal Malam? Um, Filem yang diterbitkan oleh uh, Suhaimi Baba pada tahun 2004. The first horror film in three decades. Wah, well, I mean, uh, horror film di Malaysia ini, uh, there is a 
it's a tragic hero la. I can put it's a tragic hero it's something like a tragic hero la. because you have to you know we have to talk about all of the films around the nation we have to look back in our uh, in our culture and society Hello? Hello, yeah? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can just about hear you, but yes, I can hear you. So there's a lot of uh, Kurafa and then we talk about the 
through genre films such as horror had the potential to appear subversive by extension undermining the center's modernist attempts towards nation building right so basically kewujudan atau atau keadaannya um, filem-filem hantu dan filem-filem seram seperti cerita-cerita Pontianak atau orang minyak dan sebagainya ini semua bagi Dr. Mahathir lah sesuatu yang uh, tidak membantu dalam konteks membina sebuah negara yang moden di mana pemikiran kita lebih tinggi dari aspek uh, kepercayaan kepada sains selain daripada kepercayaan kepada tradisi dan budaya dan agama and what not so now we are a lot closer to the year 2020 right kita mungkin lagi um, you know next year within within a, within a, a few months we're only about five years off you know what i mean so we are quite close what do you think adakah um, apa yang mahadi uh, percaya pada masa itu adakah dia betul atau tidak adakah filem-filem hantu and horror and what not menjadi satu cara di mana uh, proses atau development kita lebih di 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 apa di delayed and what not what do you think Okay, aku tak tahu apa coming from um, yeah, you're right in saying that uh, sorry if I accidentally cut you off there agak-agak but aku rasa mungkin uh, if you are to look at a bigger picture it's, it's not so much that it's a ridiculous thing rather than um, rather than that mungkin sebenarnya ianya satu elemen atau faktor yang yang memainkan peranan yang penting untuk memberi atau mencorak satu kepercayaan yang tertentu that's, that's what I think lah uh, because Rightly or wrongly, ramai orang menganggap filem sebagai satu cara untuk memertabatkan kepercayaan mereka sendiri. Jadi, apabila mereka berhadapan dengan sesebuah karya yang diterbitkan, dan ini yang kita harus faham, uh, ladies and gentlemen, filem ni sebenarnya is is a construct, you know, it's not the real thing. And I think this is where you are coming from, and I agree with you. But a lot of people treat it as if it had the potential to be real, which is why filem Noah tidak ditayangkan di Malaysia. Filem Munich tidak ditayangkan di Malaysia. Filem The Raid 2, right? Um, the sequel to The Raid tidak ditayangkan di Malaysia. Filem ni ban. Filem tu tak ditayangkan. Filem ni censor and what not. So, 
rightly or wrongly, I, I don't agree with the idea that um, a single film genre sebenarnya boleh menjadi satu um, how can I say this? Menjadi satu cara untuk menghindar uh, I think that's the right word I'm looking for menghindar uh, pembangunan pemikiran orang Melayu atau orang Malaysia but people will take it as such and I think as one element in the bigger picture I think it does play an important role I I don't agree with Mahathir basically sebab jawapan dia adalah ok aku tak suka ni aku ban semua ni kan you know, I, that's pretty freaking ridiculous you know what I mean <laughs> I, I don't agree with the banning stuff but but I do see where it's coming from and in this regard at least berdasarkan kepada apa yang aku nampak sekeliling aku pada zaman sekarang ni aku tak rasa macam Malaysia Malaysia secara keseluruhannya membangun dan menggerak ke arah sesuatu titik yang lebih modern ataupun lebih uh, lebih matang pemikirannya aku rasa secara umumnya kita Uh, mereka ingin berbicara secara lebih terbuka mengenai hal-hal yang berkaitan dengan budaya, agama, race and what is 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 not a, a, a situation a context yang membenarkan kita untuk mewujudkan dialog yang lebih matang. And I'm not saying uh, semua ini adalah sebab filem hantu. <laughs> It's definitely not. Tetapi I am saying that what Mahathir was concerned about, i.e. Um, orang Malaysia dan orang Melayu yang mungkin tidak uh, tak sempat nak nak, nak 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 mematangkan lagi pemikiran mereka by the year 2020 I think that is actually coming true that part of his fear lah so to speak according to Dr. Norman Yusof lah that's that's what I think Hello? Okay Yeah um, Okay yeah so Yeah, I guess um, on that level <laughs> I think on that level we might have to agree to disagree slightly even though we're kind of talking about the same thing um, but yeah uh, what we we do see though however um, banyak analisis ni lebih diberikan kepada uh, horror genre and, and film-film seram yang yang uh, lebih uh, menumpukan perhatian kepada orang Melayu di Malaysia but Over the past uh, few years, we've seen the rise of uh, a more Chinese-centric kind of film as well, right? And and a lot of them, um, a number of them at least, uh, have dealt with a Chinese horror as well. Do do you think that um, these films are successful in a way in in reaching its audience? Uh. Are you talking about uh, local Chinese? Or? Um, I'm talking about local Chinese, yeah. Oh. Well, I think... Uh, uh, I think the, the, the context, the content is quite, is quite universal. 
Mm. I, I mean, the, the, the context is not is quite uh, it, you know used to modern thinking, and it's been influenced by the uh, the Japanese called horror punya uh, punya So I don't see I don't see it's like I mean, I'm talking about the current one. I don't think, I don't see it as something that is uh, culturally uh, related. Yeah, there might be uh, some, and I, of course there will be some kind of a, like uh, Chinese folklore, folklore, traditional culture being incorporated in the local Chinese produce horror film. But I don't think that is something that can be considered as a, as a typically uh, or typically uh, Chinese horror film. I mean, it's just the method of the, 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 the characters, the screen and this. I mean, the production is influenced. And it's so process. Okay, this is a horror film produced to get that from a Chinese audience. I, I, I think if, it, if the whole, if the film is switched a Malay to the characters, but no, then it's the same thing, it's not the Chishin thing, right? Yeah. The, the case is, uh, so I say, but just that the Malay to the film, or film, is very, very uh, strong with the Malay traditional and cultural traits. I don't think that any other culture in the world used the word Pantana except for Malaysian and Indonesian. And the, 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 the portrayal of the Pantana might have similarities with Chukon or Kriging and so forth. But our understanding of Pantana is, is very, very much exclusive towards our culture and also towards Indonesian culture. So when we see you know, a title that says Pontiana Harus Namala, people know that it's a Malay film that primarily targeted towards Malay audience compared to the Chinese. I don't yeah. even know what Chinese call the vampire. You don't even know what? I don't even know what you know what Chinese call the and the 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 vampire or ghost. I mean, the trademark goes for Chinese. I don't, I, mean, I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't have any any knowledge on that. That's yeah. Well, maybe they have a lot of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, that's another factor that we have to consider. Juga lah. Um, like I said, you're right in saying that um, there are certain elements um, of of culture uh, that are still portrayed in such films. I think what is interesting is how a lot of them have become more and more successful. And I think the most recent one, a, a, a horror film called Seven, Berjaya uh, Meraih, lebih dari sejuta kot, kalau tak silap aku, in the, um, at the Malaysian box office. And, yeah, and online as well, ada satu siri yang baru diterbitkan oleh James Lee. It actually started last year. Um, it's basically called Three Doors of Horror. Three Doors of Horror ni adalah macam omnibus ataupun collection filem pendek, filem hantu yang telah diarah oleh beberapa 
pengarah filem Malaysia uh, number of them uh, you might be familiar with uh, Edmund Yeo and Sidney Chan mereka pernah uh, tayangkan filem mereka di tayangan filem pendek seperti Malaysian Shorts dan Filmmakers Anonymous di Malaysia also a number like Leroy Lau Eng um, Ken Kin and Black Cat uh, I don't know whether that's his real name but that is what it says here so Three Doors of Horror um, two versions they have the 2013 version dan juga uh, tahun 2014 yang baru saja uh, I think or maybe not baru but um, it's going to be up um, soon-ish if, if I'm not mistaken so we're going to include the links for that as soon as possible but um, we we move on uh, we've, we've talked a lot about the Malaysian horror films and There is uh, another aspect that, that I do want to talk about, the, the box office aspect and whatnot. But um, before we get to that, um, there's this paper I came across dalam research lah. And, and when I research about this um, for for this particular episode, so, um, sebuah uh, academic paper yang berjudul The Potential of Malaysia's Horror F- Movies in Creating Critical Minds, A Never-Ending Philosophical Anecdote which was uh, written by Encik Muhammad Amirul Akbar Muhammad Zulkifli, Amelia Yuliana Abdul Wahab dan Hani Zulaika. Okay. And basically, secara umumnya, uh, this paper tries to assess Malaysia's horror film's uh, abilities in creating critical minds in the context of Malaysia as a development country. Okay. So, sekali lagi kita boleh kaitkan dengan uh, wawasan 2020 tadi. It also tries to answer why Malaysia's horror movies failed to educate the audiences in creating critical minds. So, um, it's a bit... Yeah, to be honest with you, it's, it's not um, that good of a paper. Um, I can be critical about this critical paper in so many ways. But um, we can move on just very briefly on that. Uh, we will talk about that more in a short while. There are some things that that's worth considering. Uh, the paper was written and was published rather in in 2011 if i'm not mistaken and they have some facts uh, that that's worth considering in the year 2010 pada tahun 2010 uh, nearly 14% of overall total film production adalah filem seram okay and then uh, hang on eh? and pada tahun 2011 uh, that has jumped to 31%. So daripada 14%, it more than doubles to 31%. So why well, I, I don't know, it, it kind of got me curious, got me thinking about it a bit more. So I started to research a bit more about horror films in general pada tahun ini dan juga pada tahun lepas. Tahun lepas 2013, we have out of 71 films, 16 filem adalah filem horror right 50 uh, horror films 22.5% but the interesting thing is that it made 26 a total of 26 million out of 85 million ringgit you still with me bro <laughs> yeah sure, sure. Right. so 22% of films brought in 32% of the uh how can i say this of the market share right But in 2014, is reverse. Pada tahun ini, there are 20 horror films. Okay, there, there's 
of the films being produced for the whole year. 20 horror films out of 66 pada tahun 2014 ada 66 filem yang telah diterbitkan dan hampir 1 per 3 daripada mereka adalah filem hantu. But the box office taking is so much lower. Okay. Pada tahun 2013 ada 26 juta. Tahun ini um, so far at least uh, we have 13.4 million and it's only worth about 20% of the total market and the total market pada tahun ini so far up until now is about 65 million about uh, 65.8 lah so dia macam terbalik I, I, it's, it's interesting to note in this way aku rasa mungkin sebab pada awalnya ada beberapa war film yang diterbitkan berjaya and then we have the wave Okay, we have the trend where people are producing horror films. So more horror films are made and yet less money is being brought in. And this is what I noticed. The interesting thing is that trend ni macam hampir setiap tahun tau. In 2011, uh, sorry, in 2010, 2011 and the stats I just gave out just now. Pada tahun 2013 dan juga pada tahun 2014. So, again, box office wise... Horror films ni jadi semenjak um, filem Pontianak Harun Sundar Malam hampir setiap tahun dah jadi macam kita terlalu ikut kepada uh, the bottom line dalam konteks uh, Malaysian box office ni lah. Do you think it's a positive development di mana filem-filem seperti ini diterbitkan untuk mencari duit ataupun adakah kita harus berfikir secara lebih besar dan anggap uh, filem ni sebagai satu cara untuk um, uh, I don't know more artistic venture ke apa ke untuk um, mewujudkan more critical minds apparently what do you think uh, kita kena lihat uh, perception persepsi orang uh, penonton Malaysia ada filem filem seram okey kalau kena kalau kita tengok daripada statistik yang kebagi walaupun walaupun ada penurunan dari segi uh, apa dari segi uh, release juga kutipan tapi setiap tahun ada di filem hantu kan hmm. setiap tahun ada di filem setiap tahun ada, pasti ada filem hantu and you know and when, when I walk when I when I go to cinema when I went to 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 cinema to watch a film every time I you know I, I, I walk past through kan bila kau keluar daripada pawagap bila kau keluar daripada wayang kan kau akan lalu this one early to go out to the you know to, to the shopping to the mall and whatnot and along this early because you have poster poster of the film yang aku buat and, and and it never fails and I never fail to see there must be some you know some obscure Malay or film revision sometime soon <laughs> hmm. and, and, and it's funny that and I find it's funny that uh, And I always like, always like cross my mind, thinking that ada kau boleh nak tengok cerita ni, and uh, you know, and and uh, the, the title is like as as ridiculous as possible lah, like hantu dalam almari lah, jerangkung dalam almari lah, <laughs> hantu kau merasa lah, and and this is not uh, like you know like mamat uh, kali punya film hantu lah, macam mamat kali you know it's like uh, like a gag you know, tongue in cheek kind of horror film but this is like a serious proper horror film hmm. 
you know, being, you know, and, and it's have this really ridiculous thing that I know. It's always, and I was wondering, who the hell I wanted to watch all these films? And this, this, this thing keep repeating over and over again every single year, every single month. Every single month, it was like something new horror film came up in the Malay horror, uh, horror film market segment. And I realized that uh, walaupun kutipan film ni rendah 13.4 out of 65, 20% of the whole market, uh, market share for for apa, kutipan wayang Malay punya film horror ada dia punya fanbase tersendiri kan walaupun secara statistiknya it's considered as a failure or you know, below the expected uh, collection hmm. and for the production houses who produce this kind of horror films they know that they will get their money back at least to break even lah because hmm. the, the produce horror film is not that it's not expensive and and the thing about horror film is you can take any actor you can have an actors actress hmm. that have a very you know <laughs> a pathetic acting skill put in a horror film people still go to watch it hmm. because there is a market there is a demand for this kind of film so when it comes to why Malaysia horror movie failed to educate the audience in critical mind because when people go to watch orang this fan base want to go tengok film Serapayu they don't expect to get educated they just you know, they go they pay the ticket they want to get entertained and they know what they want to get they know what the jump scare they know all the formula and whatnot and they don't care about the uh, the quality the content the quality content of the film because of that horror film horror film film seram bila kita tengok title film seram tu jerangkung dalam almari they go to they go to expect a jerangkung dalam almari literally you know and they and they get what they and, and, and they get what they want so hmm. because of this uh, because of this uh, apa, penerimaan this kind of acceptance those who make production houses feel that it's much more easier for them to produce this uh, low cost horror film with little regard on the quality the artistic value and what not hmm. and you know, they just produce it. You know, you can give all this ridiculous title Jerangkung dalam Almari Kubur, apa, hantu apa, hantu perempuan beranak whatever, you know, all this bullshit title. Just get it, people go to watch it. And, you know, the, the production cost to, to, to produce this horror film is not, I, I don't think it's even cost more than 100,000 ringgit. At least, you know, wajib tayang dua ringgu. They're going to get, I mean, at least the first week, they're going to break even. So, 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 I think, so, to, 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 to answer why it's, uh, the measure we fail to get the audience pretty critical mind. Because the, the, the mentality of the people who watch this film, 
albit minority they contribute to the to the paycheck of, of all these people who involve in the industry hmm. they don't make film to you know, to elevate the 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 to elevate the the quality of industry no no they just want to make money that's all that's all I mean people in Malaysia in general I'm not talking about people like us or people who actually really fond of film we're talking about general masses audience who just like want to go to a movie like once a month to watch a stupid horror film just to get a kick out of it and then go back and sleep you know mm. they're talking about the audience and this is why horror films still stuck in the same formula over and over again it's not about trying to uh, you know it's not about trying to Uh, challenge the the, the 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 watching experience of the audience. It's just you know, it's a matter of making money. It's a matter of putting food on the table or paying the bills for those involved in the industry. Hmm. Yeah, that's the yeah. Idea. Absolutely, I think perhaps we are too money centered or, or money centric lah. Dari segi pemikiran kita lah, man. Rightly or wrongly. Um, we think bahawa Film-film seperti ini akan ada Akhirnya serius um, Akan ada uh, satu kutipan Atau satu potensi yang agak besar and what not So we do this or we do that And what not And people people still a lot well, a lot, a lot of people still watch it But of course having said that Mungkin tak cukup lah because not all these films Actually dapat meraih Kembali uh, Wang yang telah di dibelanja Untuk menerbit film tersebut So um, I don't know pros and cons once again. I something to consider lah, right? So yeah, um, the the one last aspect I, I, I'm gonna talk about is we're gonna go back to the paper that uh, was written by those people. <laughs> Hang on, let me look at the names again. Uh, Muhammad Amirul Akbar, Amelia Yuliana, and Hani Zulaika. Okay, they actually included a research element. Okay, whereby they did a kind of survey. Um, asking for feedback from the audience. Uh, now, this is the the interesting thing. Basically, they included uh, eight males and eight females from ini semua budak-budak UITM from the Faculty of Communication and Media Studies, Faculty of Sports Science and Recreation, and the Faculty of Administrative Science and Policy Studies. Right. So, I the thing is, I'm not entirely sure whether. These eight males and females are that we have a total of sixteen people. Number one, ataupun you have eight males and eight females each from the Faculty of Communication and Media Studies and and also and whatnot. So, uh, which would give you what thirty two, forty eight people, right? That would be interesting, uh, a bigger number. But that like I said just now, uh, this paper is probably not. That great dari segi uh, being watertight and whatnot. So many things that I read that I, I read through this paper and I was thinking macam tak betul sangat lah. Um, but this is what they have done, okay. And there are some things worth considering. Uh, the research or the feedback or the survey, whatever you want to call it. Again, you have to bear in mind any daripada budak-budak UITM, um, which is a largely a Malay-centric kind of institution. Uh, Malay Muslim 
the favorite horror film oh. of all these people uh, surveyed kau tahu film apa? Kurafat Kurafat <laughs> 37.5% alright Kurafat probably one of the um uh, how can I say this the, one of the more defining horror films of the past how many years um, five uh, four or five years ago uh, it made a lot of money uh, 8 million uh, directed by Shamsu Yusof one of the few films he has made that's outside of his usual action genre so it was interesting how well received it was uh, that, that was Kurafat uh, 35% also believe that Religious education should be portrayed more as people aren't as aware nowadays. Right? Ini sebenarnya sesuatu yang aku sering nampak dalam perbincangan mengenai filem dengan bekas pelajar aku semua dekat UITM dulu lah. Right? Semua orang berpendapat bahawa um, nak bagi nak bagi ajaran tu satu satu benda yang penting sangat bagi dia orang. Right? So uh, pendidikan mengenai agama melalui filem-filem horror and what not not surprising in fact i'm surprised it's 35% i think it might have, you know if everybody was being totally honest with themselves mungkin uh, nombor itu boleh jadi lebih tinggi so uh, yeah so that's ni and 2.5% <laughs> mungkin seorang je kot yang 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 beri jawapan tersebut thought multiculturalism and friendship issues should be portrayed which basically means that 97.5% probably thinks that um, no we don't need multiculturalism and friendship issues portrayed in horror films uh, what does that say uh, i mean certainly within a more malaysian context kita dah cakap tentang ni sebentar tadi um, but it's just so specifically um, mono you know what i mean macam film hantu You have film hantu Melayu and you have film hantu Cina. Um, we I've not seen film hantu India yet so far. Uh, maybe I'm not as aware. Mungkin ada. Yang that, 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 what? That would be, that would be quite interesting to watch Indian horror film. Absolutely. I want to watch that. Absolutely. Yeah. No, here's the thing. I think this kind of stuff is so interesting. And yet, according to this research, however flawed or or it may be or not. Um, Only a small percentage of the people surveyed thinks that multiculturalism and friendship issues should be portrayed. You know, again, UITM. So UITM itself is a very mono university where um, a lot more of the same is encouraged rather than something truly out of the box. So again, perhaps not that surprising, but all the same, something to think about, right? And sixty-eight point eight percent, very specific there, believe that. Horror films implicitly deliver societal issues to the viewers, right? So basically, issue-issue berkaitan dengan masyarakat dan sebagainya, kebanyakan daripada isu-isu seperti ini melalui filem-filem seram kita dapat tangkap isu-isu tersebut, right? And I think that is probably the best place for us to finish this whole series of podcasts that we've been talking about. Uh, with regards to horror films, right? Rightly or wrongly, one way or another, I think the one line that we can use to sum it all up adalah bahawa filem seram sebenarnya semua ni ada memainkan satu peranan yang agak uh, penting 
dalam membentuk pemikiran orang ramai mengenai isu-isu yang berkaitan dengan masyarakat pada waktu-waktu itulah pada waktu tersebut sama ada ianya mencerminkan pemikiran masyarakat pada masa itu ataupun ianya membentuk that you know the relationship of which came first the chicken or the egg and um, that relationship is a never ending question but at least ladies and gentlemen uh, tuan-tuan dan puan-puan sekalian kepada mereka yang masih bersama dengan kita <laughs> right pada masa ini I don't know how I salute you guys for staying with us all the way to the end thank you very much for having stayed with us um, yeah I, I think um, these are the kind of stuff that 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 we should consider and I think sedikit sebanyak kita setelah cuba memberi jawapan yang lebih mendalam mengenai beberapa hal yang well, mungkin tidak begitu lengkap tetapi I hope that you guys will take part in this conversation as well alright because we are up on social media ada kita kita selalu lupa nak promote tentang this part right but basically you can find us on uh, Facebook right Thoughts on Films um, and you can also find us on Twitter alright handle kita adalah TOF underscore show bagi mereka yang mungkin rasa kurang puas hati uh, you guys can send us some feedback right you can send us an email to mail at thoughtsonfilms.com M-A-I-L dot thoughtsonfilms.com And of course, this website of ours, this is where we bring it all together. Okay, thoughtsonfilms.com um, Do drop by, do like, do leave a comment, right? Because we do like hearing from you uh, what you guys think of what we're doing here. We're only humans, of course. Uh, tidak begitu sempurna uh, dari segi uh, melengkapkan research dan sebagainya I think in this case at least um, we can accept that there are some flaws and and what not because it's huge bro you know what I mean aku nak research pun macam ah, perotak aku pening nak cari first of all the, the right kind of information and stats and figures and what not but also the fact is banyak gila orang nak tulis paper thesis uh, artikel lepas tu apa tak lagi tentang tentang horror ya? so it's huge it's huge mother fathers right Um, yeah, because horror is like the most um, genre. Yeah, I think horror is like the most uh, well-loved genre hmm. in, 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 in the film segment. I mean, I think you can go to any country in the world and look down at the film and look at the film industry. Every single country in the world, with every single, with, with uh, you know, with a film industry, there must be a one subset in the film industry that can pick just for horror film. I can guarantee that. All right, tell you what, so, I'm looking forward to <laughs> still looking forward to that Jamaican horror thing. So. <laughs> If anybody out there, please um, send us some stuff on Jamaican horror so we can watch it and and you know talk yeah. about it for for the benefit of society at large, right? Bukan saja film horror di mana we can see societal issues being delivered to um, the audience, right? So also through film podcasts, right? Tuna apa sekalian? Encik Muzaffar Shahanafi, thank you so much. This has been epic, bro. <laughs> I think we have enough for like. Um, daripada pada awalnya we were thinking of doing this whole thing in one episode and then I was like oh you know we should break up into two but now I'm thinking oh goodness I think we have enough for three even you know or maybe four so we'll see how it goes we'll see how it goes um, 
Encik Muzaffar Shahnafi, not to sound very negative, but any last words? <laughs> you know, this is like, you know, if you watch a lot of the read, the third of the key, character's cut, this is how it is, man. Two hours and 44 minutes. For now, yeah. I think this might very well be the last podcast uh, we do before the end of the year because you know I'm I'm like not going to be in, in one place all at one time. And I think you're you're kind of um, all over the place as well in, in some way. So how about that, Moose? Any? Uh, any wishes or greetings that you, you wish to give to the audience? Yeah, uh, Christmas is coming up fairly soon. Yeah, to those <laughs> who actually listen to a podcast, I know there might be around like 10 of you guys, so uh, uh, Merry Christmas for those uh, Christians and also uh, Happy New Year. All right. Uh, 2015. I'm looking forward to 2015. Yep, absolutely. And I see you guys in 2015 then. Okay. Yes. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. All right, I will echo Musa's thoughts there and I will um, also similarly wish you guys a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, a Happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate it. Although, of course, you know, um, I'm sure uh, the minute this comes out and there might be a fatwa issued against Malay um, guys uh, wishing people happy Hanukkahs and stuff like that but no worries we don't care about that kind of stuff we do care about films Moose I know you yeah. care about films a lot ladies and gentlemen yep. I know we know that you guys care about films a lot as well we thank you for your support for having listened to us throughout this whole year and beyond and we hope that uh, your support will continue for next year as well so here's yeah. to you guys uh, thank you very much uh, season's greetings and Happy New Year, everyone. Yep. Happy New Year, everyone. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.